Welcome back to the 1980s. This video is going to be significantly different than my normal political and philosophical analyses, but I do think that it ties in to some extent. I made the point in one of my videos that that leftists want to always change everything, right? They're like, change, change, change. And, and, and conservatives tend to say, well, let's maybe look back in time and see what worked in the past that maybe we have forgotten to do today and revive those things. So I think that it's extremely important to look back in time, not only at times before you were born, you know, things that are of historic importance, but just to look back into your own life, try to see why you loved that time, right? What worked about the 1950s? What worked about the 1960s? And in my case, what worked during the 1980s? And I've been watching recently shows about... Um, uh, collectors, people who collect toys from their youth and stuff like that. And that got me thinking about why we tend to be nostalgic. And it occurred to me that we actually grow up with three parents. The, the idea is that we have kind of another parent, so to speak, uh, in our youth, and that is popular culture. Popular culture really influences who we are later in life, I feel like. Um, that's part of the reason why I wanted to become a writer when I was younger, because I thought, you know, popular media, movies and TV shows, have an incredible influence on people's lives. And I wanted to be a positive influence on the world, try to influence people to maybe, you know, think more and think for themselves and be independent and do the right thing. And so that's kind of why I got into writing. That and I just, I just love stories. So for a lot of people, as you grow older, you no longer look at your parents as your parents. You know, it's, it's something else. They're still mom and dad, but they don't function in the same way. The dynamic is way different when you're an adult than, you know, than when you're a kid. So a lot of people, when they think back about their childhood, um, you know, their parents are different, they're older. So I think a lot of people start to collect toys, right? They start to find things from their youth. And a lot, some people, their entire house is filled with toys from their childhood. So for me, I, I don't really do that so much, but I recognize the value in it. I don't think that it's a bad thing. I actually think it's kind of a cool thing, right? You can kind of recapture your youth, find the things that were great from when you were a kid, and sort of create an environment that reminds you of that time. You're sort of getting that third parent, and they're living with you forever. And and you, you might think that that's childish or or... or or, or silly, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's kind of good fun. I think that we should all, to some extent, try to revisit our childhood a little bit. So all this kind of stuff got me thinking about, about my childhood, and, and for some reason, and I, I don't know why, something popped into my head that I hadn't thought about since I was maybe 12. Choose your own adventure books. These. Choose your own adventure books. Um, I, got th I got three here. I actually ordered four. So now I dived into one of them. I got, I dived into the Forbidden Castle, and uh, they seem to be mostly written by a guy named Edward Packard. Apparently, I looked it up. He, he sort of invented these kinds of books. Um, it's just such cool stuff. I mean, I mean, how '80s is that? Look at the, uh, <laughs> look at all the skulls and skeletons and stuff. It's like, it's great fun. Yeah, so the way these books worked, if you don't know, is uh, you read through it, and then occasionally it'll say at the bottom of the page, if you want to confront the dragon, turn to page 13. If you want to run away, turn to page 52, right? And then the different uh, choices you make will lead you to new, uh, new choices and new paths, and then eventually at the end of the book, you'll, you'll either 
um, you'll either have a happy ending or you'll have a sad ending. Uh, and some of the stories take a long time to get to the end, and some of the stories are pretty quick, all depending on what choices you make. And uh, I loved these books when I was a kid. I mean, the, I had like the whole collection. I think at one point I, I had actually enough of the books that I thought I could complete the collection. Um, I gave them to a friend of mine who moved, and then I think he sold them or something like that. Uh, uh, he's still a good friend of mine, but uh, I will always resent him a little bit just for that. But actually, uh, as soon as I got these, I, I texted him. And he said, you know, that he, he had just gone to like a bookstore and he found a whole set of them and he wanted to buy them, but he didn't. He, he, he was saying he was regretting it. But uh, I, might buy, I might buy more. I don't know. So, okay. So what? So now the big question that I had when I was buying these was, do they hold up? I, I, is it still a good story? Can I, can I still read it and get some kind of enjoyment out of it, right? Um, and I am thrilled to report that I did quite enjoy it. I actually only read this one uh, so far. I've read... The Forbidden Castle, um, and I went through it, and uh, I mean, it was just a lot of fun, you know. It was, it was kind of like the same kind of um, the same kind of thrill of discovery you get from playing um, like an open world video game, right? So there are certain kinds of games where it's sort of it's like open world, right? Like uh, like World of Warcraft is like this. Um, I used to play Skyrim. I thought that was kind of fun, uh, and uh, and what would happen is. You could do you you can do different quests in these games, right? And the different quests might lead to some other part of the game that you can you know there, there, there's like a kind of a main theme part of the game, and then there's all these these side quests, um, very similar, very similar to this. But but in a way, this is this is somehow superior in my mind, and I don't know what it is. I I think partly it's because they're they're very sh smartly written. I mean, like fun, really good things happen. They're they're very elegantly. Crafted. I mean, the language is quite good. I mean, the guy who invented these, uh, Edward Packard, he, he is a good writer. He's a good writer. And, um, and it's simple enough that kids can read it and enjoy it. Um, but it's also, it's also well-crafted enough that an adult can kind of appreciate it, you know. These books go really fast. Like, you know, there was at one point, there wasn't even a transition between locations. It was like, I was in a dungeon and then um, the guy in my cell said, basically, look, they're going to give you a, um, just a, you know, a brief amount of time to plead your case before they hang you. And then you turn to the next page and it's like you're outside and you're walking toward the gallows. And there wasn't even there wasn't even a description of a transition between the cell and the exterior where you're walking toward those gallows. It was just like, boom, you were there. And, and the book just, you know, the stories just go really fast like that. And, and it makes sense because... You've got to get an entire story out in just a few pages sometimes because it's, you know, depending on what path the reader takes, it could be very quick. Um, but that fast pace, I think, was was part of the reason why it was such a good uh, page turner. And also, like, you really want to find out uh, if your choice was a good choice, right? So um, when it says, like, turn to page this, you want to turn to that page and you want to read through and, and, and find out if you made the right choice. It's, it's a really a smart uh, way to write a book because uh, it gets kids to... to um, to really want to find out what happens next, right? Uh, they made a choice that impacts the story. So they have to find out if they made the right choice. Um, as a kid, I used to cheat a lot. I used to go to the back. I used to read some of the endings, find the ending I liked the best, and try to backtrack from there 
and then try to read through that story so I get to that ending because I didn't like dying. <laughs> I found myself doing the same thing as an adult. I, I got through and I, I, I think I accidentally saw an ending that looked good, like a like an illustration that looked kind of cool. So I was like, oh, what was that ending? And I, I backtracked and I tried to read to it. Um, actually, it wasn't even a, a good ending. It wasn't what I thought the illustration was. But I did get through it with only dying once. Uh, and I got through, I think, the longest and the best story. Um, and uh, I can summarize this for you. It was essentially, um, so this kid goes to this time cave, which was the, the premise for the very, very first Choose Your Own Adventure book. Um, he finds this cave, cave of time or something, and he goes into the cave, and it takes him back to the medieval era in England. So he, he goes to this uh, medieval England, and um, because he looks different, he's dressed kind of oddly, they're going to hang him. Um, but he's able to solve this riddle for them, or he says he's able to solve the riddle, and that kind of gets him out of the hanging, and he goes to, to take the, uh, the, the king's uh, troops to, to the castle where this riddle has described where, where this castle is, and he can lead them to this castle, um, but, but, but before you get there, you can kind of like escape, and you run away. Um, eventually, the king the king's army does find you and they find the castle and they're about to attack the castle but it turns out the castle is a castle full of nuns and the king's thinking like well i can't attack this castle it's it's just nuns i mean what kind of a that's no good that's just mean so the the uh, the king graciously turns around and heads back home and uh, and that's the end of the story and and you never get back to the future again you never get back to your own time so <laughs> It's all written in the, I don't know what you would call it. it. It's all you, right? So let me read the first page for you. Let's see here. So the first page reads, I'll read you the first like couple paragraphs. You promised yourself you'd never go back into the cave of time. But when you found the opening behind the big boulder in Red Creek Canyon, you couldn't resist. The cave seemed darker than before. You slipped and fell. You hit your head on something and, and here you are, laying in a field, looking up at the branches of a big oak tree with no idea where you are or even what century it might be. Now you may never see your family and friends again. Rubbing your aching head, you take in the scene around you. Nearby, you see a narrow dirt road, and beyond it, a fast-running brook. The road disappears into dense woods on either side of the field. You hear the sound of hooves and a strange clanking noise. Somebody is coming. You duck behind a tree as two men on horseback ride toward you. They're wearing shining metal armor. One of them carries a white banner with a golden lion on it. They must be knights. And that's how this particular story begins. I've got to say, if you've got kids that are, you know, maybe seven or eight, this is a brilliant series of books to get them to read. Um, it doesn't seem to have any kind of leftist propaganda in it. it. seems pretty wholesome. I highly recommend these books. Is it worth reading as an adult? Uh, if you read these books as a kid, I would say absolutely yes. Uh, you know, just reading a couple of them, it absolutely brings you back into elementary school, right? Uh, you know, the smell, the smell alone, it was really weird. I opened the books up and normally, you know, I, I like old books. Uh, and if you ever opened up a book from like the 19th century that maybe hasn't been opened since 1927, there is this, this very distinct musty smell. And it's hard to explain, but it's, it's really one of my favorite smells in the world. Um, these books don't smell like that. Uh, they have a very distinctive, <laughs> papery kind of smell that really reminds me of my elementary school library. And that's not like my favorite memory of all time, but it certainly brings me back to that environment. Just that environment and those students and the kind of, you know, your, your lunch with, on your lunch tray. You know, you'd have like the, 
the chocolate milk and the different, <laughs> you know, crappy food, uh, you know, that they serve at lunch. And it's, I don't know, all those memories are something that, that I don't think about on a daily basis. You know, I may not have thought of those things for 10, 20 years, uh, but uh, these books will bring you back to that, to that time. And I think that's a healthy thing. I think it's good to remember your childhood. I think it's good to um, remember the sort of innocence of your youth and, you know, that that decade and, and why that decade was so good. And I think if you explore your childhood and you think about what you liked and what you didn't like, uh, you can start to think of what facilitated your happiness uh, at, at that time in your life. And you can maybe reproduce it either for your own kids or yourself or for society, you know, depending on how we can... Um, you know, navigate the politics of contemporary society. So yeah, revisiting the 80s. Gosh, it was, you know, it was probably like 1987 that I was reading these. This this particular one was published in 1982. One thing that was cool in this story is you get to meet a girl, right? You get to meet this girl and she kind of becomes your girlfriend throughout the, the story. But I think if you're a little boy and you kind of like girls, uh, uh, this is kind of, you know, fantasy fulfillment on that level. Uh, it's good, healthy fun. You know, I, I don't necessarily recommend that everybody go out and get Choose Your Own Adventure books, but I do think you should look back at your childhood and think about those things which maybe, um, pe- you know, you've kind of forgotten or people don't talk about that much and and uh, and maybe re-examine it, take a look at it. I'm going to try to, if this is a popular video, I'm probably going to do a few other uh, reviews of like some TV shows or, or cartoons or something from the, the 80s and um, just see if we can live in that era a little bit. Uh, again. Another good thing about these books is sometimes you'll see uh, a picture as you're kind of flipping through to the next page and you'll think, you know what? I want to, I want to, I want to keep reading this because I want to get to that, to that story. Like what's going on here? Like I want to know what's going on right there. So I'll go back and I'll try to take different avenues to try to get to that illustration to find out what's happening. You know, it's a good fun. I mean, it's just, they're just great fun, these books. So um, yeah, I don't necessarily recommend going out and buying Choose Your Own Adventure books, but, uh, you know, I do think that they're incredibly cool, a great memory for me. Um, but yeah, explore your childhood a little bit sometimes. I think that's a very healthy thing to do. And if you guys like this video, I'll try to make more like it. Uh, I'm going to try to review some TV shows maybe or something else uh, from my youth. Some of you are probably going to hate this video because it's not about politics, but I still think it's a kind of a cool thing, so I don't know. Maybe I'll keep doing these videos, maybe I won't. Let me know what you think in the comments. Um, and if you like the video, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe, and I'll try to make them as fun and entertaining as possible. Good night.